Runs of Madness tonight. We welcome role playing game aficionados Brian, Matt, Robin, and myself to play Gangbusters. Welcome to NPR. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> By the way, ladies and gentlemen, this is tonight is March 28th as we're recording this. It is the five year anniversary of Microphones of Madness. Woo! Hooray! Congratulations, gentlemen. Thanks to viewers like you. Yeah. <laughs> That's right, ladies and gentlemen. We are playing Gangbusters this evening. BX BX edition. Uh, pulp 1920s role-playing adventure game based on an early edition of the world's most popular role-playing game uh let's go down the list we haven't done this in a while this is episode seven and uh you guys have not introduced yourselves since at least episode three mm. so we're gonna go down the list uh we'll start with matt this time uh i'm playing Jackie Whistler Doyle, a big palooka. Not terribly handsome, but good with a shotgun and his fists. Uh, he's missing two of his front teeth. Or his, actually, his two front teeth. It makes him whistle when he talks, so he doesn't like to talk. He tends to grunt and speak in really short sentences. Otherwise, that's about it for him. All right, next up is Mr. Soup Slurper himself, Brian. <laughs> hey, everybody. Uh... I'm playing uh, Charles Coffin III. Uh, he's uh, <clears throat> he's a sort of a failed uh, medical uh, student um, and good time guy, and he habitually makes very poor choices, life decisions, and uh, is in way over his head. All right, last but not least, we have Steve Rosenstein of NPR. I'm playing Jimmy... Lenaz Figaro, um, a career criminal who specializes in safe cracking and getaway driving. Uh, he is very sensitive about his name, for it has nothing to do with his nose. That's right, and hopefully he does not do that voice for the rest of the evening. He took a lot of damage last time, so he's fairly sedated. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so last episode, just to give you guys a quick recap, um, Jimmy and Doc were given the opportunity to make a bootlegging run for Razzo Rizzoli, a high-ranking member of the Cardone crime family. Uh, you drove out west for about four hours from the city, met up in this little, tiny, defunct railroad town, and uh, you were cornered by some rather zealous agents of the Treasury Department. Uh, they, they tied yeah, they were they were bastards. Agents Agent Jones and his coterie. Uh, they kind of enhanced interrogation tactics on you guys, and then ran Ratso's plates from the car you were supposed to pick up, and they realized what who you worked for anyway. All right, so we pick up four hours later. You guys are Doc and Jimmy are cruising into town in. Uh, Ratso's bullet-ridden Lincoln convertible. All right, so here's a question. Since we did level up while we were um, injured, 
do we just like stay at what we were at or do we add what we rolled? Um, cause I had like three hit points. Well, for right now, you guys are at the hit points that you had when you ended last session. All right. Uh, once you guys get back into town, get that settled, then we'll take care of level ups and stuff like that. Narratively right. speaking. Okay. All right. Um, I guess we should go and see if if um, Whistler got flow sequestered. Well, remember, I got that safe house set up for us. Right. Right. So that's probably be the best place to find me. Ditch the car that we boosted. You, why did you boost a car? We didn't have a car. You had Jimmy's car. Oh, I thought they... Or Ratso's car. I thought they took Ratso's car. All right, mm-hmm. never mind. They took the money that was in the trunk, but... Right. No, they didn't take Ratso's car. They uh, they blew the window out. There's a couple bullet holes in, in one of the fenders, but uh, otherwise the car was in serviceable shape. All right. Well, Ratso's going to be pissed. And do you remember where he told you to drop off the car? Nope. Oh, that was the alley behind the blue corner. Right. All right. So you guys can swing by, check on Whistler, or you can drop the car off and then hobble your way back. It's up to you guys. Uh, let's drop the car off and hobble our way back. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I suppose you guys are, what, going to take a cab or public transport, something like that? City bus? Cab might be good. Cab might be good. Yeah, why don't we, why don't we call a, a cab, Jimmy? Cab. Probably wouldn't let us on a city bus anyway. Too many eyes on a city bus. Well, there's yeah. a lot of eyes on the sidewalk as you guys are standing there with your uh, rough bandages and expensive suits. Maybe we can, like, kind of cover in a doorway so we're not, like, out in the middle of the corner or something. You know what I mean? Like, step inside a little bit of a, an alcove or an, an entryway. So we're not in, in his plain view. Something like that. I mean, I really don't care. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, Jimmy is standing there. He's got a big, huge, he's got a huge blood stain uh, going down the right breast of his jacket, down his right sleeve from where he was hit. Doc, uh, you got a big blood stain on your uh, left leg and, you know, one hole in the front and then there's a hole in the back where the bullet exited the meat of your leg so it's yeah it's yeah. kind of your, your, your clothes are in tatters yeah not a good scene not a good scene let's just get a cab right I'll call it in well you just call hail it, it ah that, that I will do it's not like no. Uber man you gotta actually get out there <laughs> and wave your hands around alright that's fine. I'll kind of hobble out and uh, try to grimace through the, the pain in my leg and uh, just see if we can flag down a ride. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, you wave your hand, like blow your blow whistle. Cab pulls up. Where to, buddy? Uh, we're headed back to the city. The you're, city. You're in the city. Oh. We're at the blue corner. We'd like to go. Oh, to oh, sorry. Plot. I got. I lost. I got. Sorry. I got. Dist- I got confused. Sixty-one Jim- Plot Street. Sixty-one Plot Street. Okay. Uh, yeah. You guys, they drop you off. Sixty-one Plot Street. 
Uh, cab drives off. You run over to 63 Plot Street. Uh, name, you know, you, this street is named after any president before 1927. Wilson. Wilson Avenue. There you go. I think he's in. Give the secret a knock. Oh, are you guys at that thing? I don't know. Sorry, I tuned out for a second there. I'm not sure what my day was. Uh, yeah, I'll open the door. Well, of course, I'll peer out the blinds and then open the door. Hey, we gave our secret a knock. Yeah, you never know. Shaven haircut. No one knows that. <laughs> Who knows that? All right. Door opens. There's Whistler. You hear Flo in the background singing some jaunty tune from the radio. Razzy dots and dozy dots and little amsy divey. Kiddly divey too, wouldn't you? There you go. Flo's a baritone. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody knows the trouble I see. There you go. All right, so you open the door, Whistler. There's Jimmy and Doc. They are uh, beat all to hell. Huh. Ah. Door open for him. Yeah, we tried to check out the warehouse. Uh, What happened? We took a job. Now they've cleared the warehouse. We got accosted by the police. Well, the the treasury police. Mm. Yeah, somebody knew about we were supposed to haul a bunch of rum halfway to Chicago. Somebody dropped a dime on us. Someone knew where the drop point was. It wasn't me. It wasn't Doc. And the two fuckers we were supposed to meet are dead. So it certainly wasn't them. Well, it wasn't me. I didn't even know what the hell you were doing. The good news is it was Carbone, so yay. Score another point. He's got to go. But we got to find out who else knew about that shipment. So I suggest we clean up and go find Ratso. Uh, You guys get yourself cleaned up, uh, change clothes, and uh, yep. Where do you think Ratso is going to hang out? Well, the first place probably would be the blue corner. Okay, it is it is the middle of the afternoon. Uh, once you got or early, l- late afternoon, early evening. By the time you guys get cleaned up to your own satisfaction, uh, you're moving kind of slow, simply because your shoulder aches. Uh, once you get cleaned up, now you can have your full hit points from leveling up. Just like in the video. Are we out of healing potions? Uh, <laughs> yeah, at the moment. All right, so like I said, are we adding? I guess it doesn't really matter. It's a difference of two. Yeah, it's whatever your new total is. All right, so we're at full. Yep. All right, well. Uh, as you're getting dressed, um, you guys pull a couple extra things out of the uh, out of the closet. Uh, you're going to want to write these on your character sheet. <clears throat> okay. Uh, Doc, you are going to get... Um, your other doctor's bag. Okay. Uh, that's going to give one uh, d four hit points per week. Okay. So it's effectively a once a week healing potion. Once a week healing potion was my bag. Okay. All right. Um, is that per person? What's that? Is that per person or is that um, for uh, one person only? Yeah, one one use. Okay. 
per week. Um, okay. let's see. What kind of what kind of clothing does Jimmy normally wear? Um, t- I wear typical suit, shoes, and fedora. Fedora. Okay, you now have a plus one fedora. Hey, fedora which gives plus. lowers your armor class by one. Uh, Whistler. Vorpal fedora, so I can be odd job. Now that'd be a vorpal bowler, but uh, that's not on the list. Uh, which? What about Whistler? What do you normally wear? Uh, um, when I'm on the job, a full suit, sort of that classic mortician jacket. You know, you know, appearance. You know, black jacket, black pants, black tie, white shirt, fedora. But if I'm not on the job, then it's just. Same kind of dress shirt, no tie, sleeves rolled up. So wait, you're dressed up like the Blues Brothers? Yeah, if one of them was built like a linebacker. And also, I don't wear sunglasses. All right. Um, he touches the dress very somber. Well, okay, since uh, we're going to swap that out, uh, Jimmy. Uh, your plus one is actually going to be a trench coat, and uh, Whistler's plus one is going to be a fedora. Oh, okay. And um, everybody, roll me a D eight. Okay. I'm sorry. Six. Six. All right. I got a seven. All right, Jimmy, you get a set of seven. Okay. Uh, Jimmy, you get a new set of driving gloves. It's going to give you plus one to all your driving checks. Yeah, cool. Uh, Doc, you get a bottle of whiskey for medicinal purposes. Okay. Uh, with D6 shots, it's going to have... Well, it's only got two shots in it. But uh, okay. every every sip is going to heal three hit points. All right. Uh, so yeah, apparently there are healing potions. <laughs> um, let's. Somebody and, like mix elves' blood in with with the mash. Yeah, let's see. Do 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 do. Um, just because I think it would look better on uh, on Whistler than a fedora, you get a a bowler hat that gives you plus one to your constitution. Okay. So that makes your constitution 19, correct? Uh, No, it makes it 17. Oh, it makes it 17? Okay. Uh, let me make sure that's still a plus 2. 17, yep, still a plus 2. Cool. All right. Now you're all geared up. Um, Do you have spare weapons or anything around? Since, uh... They took our fucking... Yeah, I'm gonna go and make a visit to Psy and grab me another fucking... <laughs> Another Nimex. We, huh? we can all go to Psy. Well, Doc and I can. Yeah, because he uh, took my pistol. Well, Whistler can go to size. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. All right, so I can go. I don't care. Yeah, I mean, you know, just well, because it goes, uh, right? It's on the way. All right, it's on the way. Uh, you guys stop by size, walk in the door, ding. Is that you, Jimmy? In the flesh. What do you want now? Well, 
remember that untraceable uh, semi-automatic you, you got me? Yeah. I need another one. Fortunately, it was untraceable. What the hell? You guys go through guns like fucking toilet paper. Man, the heat was closing in. What do you mean the heat was closing in? Well, closing in might be an understatement. Hey, this got anything to do with the revenuers hitting up uh, uh, Maroney's old warehouse? It might, it might have been the uh, the, pre, the enchanting prelude. The enchanting prelude? Well, yeah. let me tell you, those guys came in and the streets ran with rum and gin. Have you ever mixed rum and gin together? It doesn't smell good. Yeah, you get gone. Like the English trying to fucking put down a slave revolt. Yeah, kinda. But uh, yeah, they came in. They took over. They took over the fucking warehouse. I, I don't. I, you know, they're like making a base of operations out of it or something. They they find anything there? Uh, um, whiskey. Uh, all the paper. Apparently, that's what was Ratso's charge. Uh, he got all the paperwork and stuff out of there. He knows how to clean a house. He's done it before. Yeah. Any word on where Ratso? Razzo is these days. Ah, you know, he's probably hanging out at the blue corner. Good to know, good to know. I mean, you know, where else are you gonna go? Well, his, his boss's wife's, right? Yeah, that's kind of a joint establishment that they have between Mr. and Mrs. Cardone. They, they own, they own each own half. Uh, I was talking about, uh, her other business. Uh, nah, Razzo's married. He, you know, he doesn't do that kind of stuff. He's uh, married and he's a pretty decent Catholic for the most part. Except for that whole uh that whole sixth commandment thing. There's that, but you know. What you gonna do? How's that gone? Speaking of the sixth commandment. Well, he hadn't killed anybody lately. <laughs> I'm talking about the one you're about to to lay on me. Lay on you look, you know, I love my repeat customers, but Jimmy, you gotta be more careful when you're handling this shit. Hey man, I what can I do if the any of these fucking guns get back to me? That's I, I'm in the pen, hard time. Untraceable. Yeah, the Titanic was also unsinkable. Yeah, well, that hit a fucking iceberg. I have a fucking file. <laughs> I know uh, how it goes. Yeah, hold on a second here. Let me see what I got. Hit Doc up too. What yeah, the so fuck? I'll take a pistol, my good man. Oh, well, of course, my good sir. I have plenty of pistols, as you can see. Well, very good. That's uh, it's good to know. Here's your usual, Jimmy. 1911, 45 caliber. I just oiled this thing up. Just came, fell off a truck today. I love that truck. There you go. And for you... Let's see. I really don't know anything about you, Doc. Well, I'm a bit of a man of mystery. So, um, I'll take a, a pistol, uh, just a, just a basic piece, uh, something to, uh, to walk the streets at night and feel a little bit safer with it in your front pocket. Ah, I got just a thing for you. He pulls out a little ivory-handled Derringer. Uh, uh, Perhaps, perhaps something packs a little more of a punch than this. Uh, this is more something you'd stick in a, a lady's purse on your trip to the opera. 
Were you at the trout the other night? Oh, uh, maybe. I, I recently had an influx of customers coming in from the trout uh, looking to purchase some firearms because uh, a guy from Boston, apparently, from what some of the guys were overheard in the discussion, gunned down Tex and a get- random-ass guitar player from Mississippi. No kidding. Well, he must be a crack shot. Thus altering the history of music forever. <laughs> yeah, he must be one bad fella. Uh, so I I feel like, yeah, I, I definitely need a pistol with a guy like that walking the streets. That's right. We all like that diddly fella, too. Hmm. Yeah, well, that's a shame. What do you mean, that's a shame? Well, you, you said you, you, you liked him. I'm supposed to say, ain't it? Ain't that a shame? Ain't it a shame? Ain't that a shame? Isn't ain't ain't that a shame? Ain't that a shame? Bingo. Has this guy made his bones yet, Jimmy? <laughs> no, no, no. I set bones. You see, I, I'm a I'm a doctor. Well, a uh, few credits shy of medical school, finishing up. But uh, uh, I, I'm a bone setter, my friend. Not a not a uh, any other uh, bone uh, capacity. Yeah, the Derringer will do you fine. Oh, no, no, no. If you have anything a little more uh, uh, masculine, perhaps. <laughs> What's the matter? That little that little gun not masculine enough for you? You need to compensate? Well, uh, uh, it's uh, something you'd probably, like I said, put in the lady's purse. Or, or you know, you could kind of hide it in your, your sock or something as a holdout piece. But, uh, you know, I was hoping for something with a little more kick to it. He reaches down below the counter and puts a sawed-off double barrel on the counter. Oh, my. Double barrel <clears throat> shotgun, 12-gauge, sawed-off, easily concealable inside of a mid, mid-length mid jacket. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's... Uh, that's very masculine. I'll, I'll take that. Would you like some shells for it? Oh, of course. Uh, yes, however you fill this thing up. Is it a 12-gauge? Yes. Because um, I need some of those, too. Oh, you need 12-gauge uh, shells? Yeah, I was going to buy ammo from him, too, and do it in a really dramatic way, but it's all screwed up now. <laughs> Thanks, Doc. <laughs> My <Bud> plan. <laughs> um... Uh, there goes Duck. He's messing with everything again. <laughs> uh, for the shotgun, I'll say, uh, can we get uh, three boxes of 20? Three boxes of 20. Uh, shotgun ammo comes in boxes of 10. All right. Um, then, oh all my right. God, I've forgotten how to do math. So, yeah, if you want three uh, boxes, six, six boxes six of 10. Six boxes of 10. Okay. Uh, all right, somebody writing all this down. I'm right from the shotgun ammo. Yeah, and I've right. got the 12 gauge double barrel shotgun sawed off. That's okay, what I have well, somebody somebody take notes on all of this for me, so I don't have to look it up again. Uh, before before Jimmy starts doing his usual. Okay, well. Um, six, I was gonna buy. I've got to buy some ammo too. So. Oh, this was my ammo. No, I was going to share with you. I was going to give oh. you enough ammo that you would be okay. Oh, okay. But not enough to shoot me in the back because that is a constant fear of mine. Oh, I would never. 
not because of betrayal. I just think you're going <laughs> to roll a critical miss and blow my character away. Um, <laughs> I need to get a box. Of, well, I have a box of ammo. Never mind. Um, I fish in my pockets, pull out a, uh, my hand with uh, one thirty-eight caliber round and one uh, forty-five caliber round. Uh, <laughs> do you have these? Yeah, I got both of those. Um, was how many, how many can I get for a box of thirty-eight? A uh, box of thirty-eight is thirty rounds in a box. That's plenty. One forty-five. Forty-five is also a box of thirty. I'm gonna need three of those. All right. Uh, shotgun ammo, two fifty per box. Two hundred fifty dollars per no, box. Two dollars and fifty. Okay, hold on. Per box. All right. Uh, and how much do I owe you for this fine piece of artillery, friend? All right. Pistol ammo is six fifty per box. Woo! Uh, list price on a semi-auto is still twenty-five bucks, and double-barrel shotgun is forty bucks. All right. All righty then. How much was the forty-five ammo? Also six fifty. Okay. God dang, I took a little hit on I have $6. Wow. 16. 16 bucks. Hey, how much did it cost me to get Flo set up? Uh, Flo provided most of her stuff herself. Excellent. Okay. I mean, what, what were you trying to set her up with? Just some, some place where she wouldn't be bothered and she'd be safe. You got her taking up the extra room at your house. Oh, cool. And, and she can do whatever house. she wants. She can do whatever she wants. She's got the extra room. Um, she's been she's been taking to uh, cooking for you guys. Uh, she's the best. Because Jimmy needs looks like he needs to eat more. <laughs> okay. Anything else I can do for you gentlemen? Uh, I don't think so. No, Cy, thanks. Yeah. yeah, you can you can have a fine day, my friend. This is I don't, uh, I don't care what anybody else says, man. You are the best. I better be the best. I'm the only guy outside of fucking uh, Kilroy. Was and you definitely don't want to be messing with him. <laughs> Where are the ammo prices? Oh, they were general gear. Yeah, six fifty a box per pistol ammo, or. Yeah. Well, I had a box of pistol ammo from before, so yeah. I'm good. I think I've shot two, two rounds. Yeah, uh, double barrel shotgun uh, dock is 1d10 damage, range of 30 foot. Okay. Uh, you can fire once a round. Thank and you. it only holds two before you have to reload, of course. Right. All right, so now you guys are set up with guns. So, uh, Let's go hit the blue corner. All right, you get to the blue corner. Place is jumping as usual, even even for uh, 8, 9 o'clock at night. You go on inside. Um, Mr. Ogabe is behind the bar as usual. Give him the old salute. He waves to you. Uh, they got... Um, you know, the usual, the house band is there. They're playing, doing interesting stuff. Uh, people are liking it. 
Uh, any sign of Ratso? Um, give me observation checks. Who does Ratso work for again? I, I hit a natural 20. <laughs> Not so much me. I'm still sort of figuring out the, the weight of the new weapon inside my coach. You know, I'm just sort of Nerd. preoccupied. Okay. Hey, Jimmy, who did Ratso work for again? Carbone. Okay. Mr. Mr. or Mrs.? Mr. Okay. Can you guys hear me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, Jimmy, uh, Ratso works for, for Mr. Cardone. Yeah, because that's, I think, becoming an important distinction. Um, okay, who made their observation save? I hit it with a 20. Oh, you got a natural 20? Okay. Or a modified 20. Oh, it's it's natural. I have absolutely no modifications to help out. Okay. In that particular yeah, I failed. I got a three on mine. You got a three on yours? Okay. Yeah. And what'd you get, Whistler? A uh, six. <laughs> okay. Uh, Jimmy, you do spot uh, Ratso sitting in a, in a booth uh, way back in the back over near the stage. Anybody with him? Uh, it looks like Knuckles is with him. All right. I'm just going to slide on in. Jimmy. Ratso. Who else knew about that drop-off? Nobody else knew about the drop-off. Maybe you was followed. Maybe they was followed. It's they hard followed to say. Up. We're talking about two different factions from two different sec- sections of the country. The revenue has got jurisdiction all over the place. I'm just saying that if we was followed, why wouldn't they just hit the warehouse like that? Well, obviously, then it wasn't used that was followed. Yeah. Well, the good news is those mooks are dead. That's good. Well, sort of good, because we got ourselves a double problem. Well, actually, it's a triple problem. I'm not supposed to be telling you guys this, but uh, you did me a solid dropping the dime on those feds, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you what's going on, let you know the lay of the land here in the city. I appreciate that. All right, one. The warehouse, the revenue was closed it down. They destroyed all the stock, and, and it's like they're setting up shop over there. So we just kind of lost that whole section of turf. You didn't get anything out. I got the money. I got the paperwork. There's no, you know, covered the tracks. The inventory was was an acceptable loss. Yeah, it's hard to get ahead. In this it case. is. It is hard to get ahead. Uh, the second thing is is that boss is not happy. About losing that warehouse. That was very important gain to him. Um, and he is not very happy about that loss of revenue stream. Because he was selling whiskey to all the families except for Maroney. Well, now, is it really a loss? I mean, you, you guys got another warehouse, right? We're putting things together. I mean, Maroney was the one that did whiskey. We do gambling. The boss was looking at breaking into the whiskey racket. Uh, and, and because Mar- uh, Maroney was making so much scratch on the whiskey. So we got to find out if Maroney's got another warehouse because right now he's cornered the market. Let me ask you a question. What's that? Do you think maybe Maroney set that up? No, I don't think Maroney would have set that up since Boss Boss Cardone took that from Maroney. Maroney wanted to handle, would handle that in-house either through negotiation or possibly letting that go. He would not let that warehouse fall into the hands of the feds. 
and take take that revenue out of the stream altogether. Better better for Cardone to have it than than nobody because he still owns the ships. Car, uh, Maroney does. Right. So it wasn't that big of a loss for him because we we still had to buy the whiskey in the warehouse from him. Right. Okay. How did you manage to get that warehouse anyway? We just went in one day and took it. Maroney's Maroney's brother Vinny, he put mm-hmm. up a little bit of a fight, but otherwise, he uh he ran a foul of knuckles here. What'd you do to him, big guy? I beat him up, cut off his head. Damn. You send the head back to Maroney on a platter? I didn't have a platter. I used a hat box. <laughs> Whistler takes off his bowler and looks at it and then puts it back on. So now you mentioned it's a triple problem. Triple problem. Yes, that's the final act in this crazy drama. Schultz wants his money. Uh, the initial outlay for product in the warehouse, what was... From what was not there already, we had the stock inventory. Cardone took out a loan from Schultz to make that happen. Schultz is looking to cash out all his markers, like he's preparing to flee the country or something. Huh. So Schultz wants all his money. Cardone's into him for probably three quarters of a mil. Maroney's into him, maybe quarter of a mil. Lord knows what that crazy Irish has in him. So, so things are a little shaky in the truce department, if you know what I'm saying. I hear you. Haven't heard anything about the Lucky Gang lately. After they, uh, after they killed Weasel and dumped House on O'Brien's car. <laughs> you think that's funny, Whistler? Mm-hmm. What's so funny about it? I don't like cops. Yeah, but the stupid Lucky Gang could have dumped it in the harbor or something. Yeah, it's true. Instead of parking it behind my place, fucking Hauser and O'Brien came down. You guys, Doc and Doc and Jimmy know this, but this is the first time you've seen it. Ratso's left arm is in a cast, Whistler. Hmm. Mm. He holds up his arm. He's like, "Fucking Hauser and O'Brien." He's a little bitter. Now nah, I want those guys dead. Why don't you do it yourself? I got a better idea. Hmm. You three are enterprising. Don't you think that with this triple problem happening, that going off and whacking a couple of cops is probably the opposite of a solution to your woes? Alright, I'm going to let you guys in on a little secret. Mrs. Cardone has a plan. It seems that she's a little tired of playing second fiddle to her husband. And she is looking at uh, possibly, um, what is the term for it? A hostile takeover of the family business. She's already bought the cops and the judges. Hauser and O'Brien are marked anyway. So why not just let nature take its course? Nature is taking its course. Their persona non grata, uh, the chief of police, is going to look the other way. No matter what we do to him. I got this straight from on high. Hmm. And I got 25 large of my own money on the table right now for a couple of enterprising young gangsters to take up that offer. Hmm. That's, uh, that's a job that takes a little bit of consideration before accepting. 
it's not like you're just, we're just taking a bunch of rum over to some some yahoos from the Midwest. This is true. This is true. However, it is an offer. It is on the table. I am giving it to you gentlemen because despite our differences in the past, I know <coughs> you guys get the job done. And I'm giving you guys first crack at it because you dropped the dime about the feds. You looked out for me. I want to look out for you. Here's your opportunity to make a little bit of money and, you know, set yourself up, ingratiate yourself into who is going to be the new boss. You didn't hear it from me. What? Hear what? That uh, Boss Cordon's hear time on this world hear is fleeting. Hear what? I didn't hear what? Exactly. So there's the offer. Take it or leave it. I'll give you some time to think it over. Thank you. I appreciate you dropping my car off. Sorry about the condition. Well. It could have been worse. It could have been worse. It could have ended up like that fucking truck. Or the guys who were driving the car. Yeah, fuck those guys. Fucking Chicago pieces of shit. Yes. Fie on them. What the fuck is that? It means that we don't like them either. Then why didn't you just say that? Why you gotta say fie? What the fuck kind of word is that? Well, it was something we said growing up. That's all. It was just uh, just sort of slipped out. Come on, Ratso. You know he's got to make a name for himself. He's got to have his own idiom. It's endearing. What the fuck's an idiom? (laughs) What you trying to call me? Just let him do it in his own... uh, Idiom, sir? Yes, idiom. Mm. (laughs) Fudge cakes to those guys. Instantly played in my head. Hey, can we pause for a second so I can get a little bit of rewind? Because I think I'm getting some wires crossed about who's what where. Okay. And I'm even looking at my little chart I've got written down. And All right. So we were initially hired by Maroney, right? Correct. Yes. And he's the one that lost the warehouse. Correct. And a brother. And a brother, right. Which is what R- Ratso is talking about. Just, yes. Who works for Cardone. Correct. And we saw, and this is the part that I was trying to get, we saw Maroney getting all cozy with Cardone's wife. Well, we saw right? them talking. We don't know if they were cozy. They seem to be enjoying each other's company to the exclusion of everyone else, if I remember right. That remains to be seen, but you did see some, You did see them together. I do and, think that we need to uh, go to Maroney and uh, report in and maybe get his take on all this. Yeah, and Cardone's the one that controls the police, right, and has them all in his pocket? That's uh, his wife. His wife. Okay. There, I know the things are... I had some, mis- some cross lines. Now, Cardone, Car- you know, Cardone had his own, has his own, but uh, Carlotta is uh, making her own arrangements. She's brokering her own treaties. See, my suspicion is that Mrs. Right. Cardone is, is hooked up with, uh, in terms of um, making deals and enterprises with Maroney. And my suspicion is that Maroney's brother, who was killed, uh, which kind of set this whole thing off, my th- my thinking is that he his own brother may have had something to do with that. Like maybe his own brother did not agree with... Right, he wanted to maintain the truce. Maroney yeah. wanted to pardon with Card... Par- pardon party uh, with yeah. Cardone's wife, take out 
her husband Cardone yep. and move to fill that void. So right. it'd be those two. And then if Schultz is pulling out, it would be one unified empire between or one yeah. uh, empire between those two and then the Irishman. Yeah. And if they get met, you know, if they get co- if they are cozy, that's like a power couple. It's it's you know what I mean? It's like a and so she wants to get maybe rid of the husband, not just for business, but so that she can uh maybe uh, you know, uh yeah, and then they could move to fill in the void that Schultz leaves if he's actually leaving. Right, right. and, and, and that would give him double crosses the other, and you have one. Yeah, you'd have three fourths of the city at that point. Yeah, so that's why I think the brother Maroni's brother probably knew all this and didn't like it, and was probably eliminated uh, because he objected to all this. Okay, that's a suspicion. That's so not Cardone. Does though seems to think his wife is still a loyalist. Yeah, as far as we know, he's ignorant of her right. side, okay. uh, her, her her own uh, maneuvers. Right. Yeah, Hauser and his partner. Who owns them? Right. Who who owns the who who uh, who's nobody who's, apparently. Nobody's slipping them any envelopes. Well, not Maroni or Cardone, evidently. Well, maybe Maroni does. Maybe that's one of the reasons why they want him taken out. Or they may legit be honest. Or they may belong to Schultz or the Irishman. Mm. I don't know. Let's get talk to Maroney. Yeah, I, I, I think that's a good idea. Anyway, so right, that clears everything up. Cool. Uh, I'll give you some time to think about it. Just let me know. Well, we, we appreciate that, Ratso. I bid you a good night. Ciao. So what now? Maroney. All right, Maroney. As far as you know, hangs out at Salvati's restaurant where you met him the first time. You know, I am in the mood for a cannoli, and no one stuffs a cannoli like Salvati's. Sounds good to me. I'm pretty hungry. It's been a very harrowing day or so. Okay. Uh, You guys hop in the car, drive across town over to uh, Salvati's. Go up to the door. There's a maitre d'. Welcome to Salvati's Fine Dining. Table for three. Very good, friend. Yes, that will be that will be excellent. Very well. Walk this way. And he turns and he's got a very stiff back, shoulders back, kind of almost a strut as he walks because, you know, he is the maitre d' of the finest establishment in the city. I, I hope you gentlemen... Put, don't mind a booth. Um, as you see, most of our tables are occupied. That's fine, my good man. Scan the room for Maroni. Um, give me observation saves. I'm going to scan the room for alien life forms. Okay. Um, I failed my observation save. Made it. 15. 15. I made it as well. Right on the nose. 14. All right. Jimmy, um... The temperature change from going outside in the cold, coming into the nice warm restaurant, your glasses are fogged up. Um, but Whistler... The steam from his nose. He's Lanaz, come on. All right. Whistler wasn't yeah, The right. irony is is Jimmy's not married. Yes, of course, Figaro. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jimmy, uh, you don't see much of anything. Uh, your, your glasses are fogged up, and, and you're thinking cannoli. Uh, Doc and Whistler, you see Salvatore Moroni sitting at a table 
um, with a couple other folks, a couple big burly guys. He's eating a, you know, to go stereotype here, he's eating a big, uh, big plate of, of like, penne or something like that. Um, across the table from Maroney uh, are a couple of guys, uh, they look identical. Uh, they they are both about six foot tall, slicked back, grease hair, black suits, black tie, black shirt. They're even wearing gloves inside. Uh, you see a couple of black trench coats thrown over the, the chair behind them. Uh, black fedora hanging off the chair. Um... The only difference that you see between the two of them is they're sitting next to each other eating steaks. Uh, you notice that uh, one of them is left-handed and one of them is right-handed. But otherwise, they are identical twins. Uh, when I look over and I see uh, Jimmy hasn't uh, gotten wise to their presence, I'll give him a little nudge. Say, uh, Roni's over there with those two black-clad heavies. And his usual collection of heavies. Heavy. Good evening, gentlemen. May I take your order? Where did that guy come from? He just appeared. How close are we to to Maroney's table? Um, He's in a booth. He's at a table, and you guys have been seated a respectful distance, meaning out of earshot. Six feet? Uh, more than that. Not each of us is six feet apart. Yeah. In case they discuss any COVID information. <laughs> hey, it's right there in the commandments. Thou shalt not COVID your neighbor. Um. Well, I, I will say that I have six dollars to my name, so I got it. Price of a cannoli. Actually, Maroney should get it for all the work we've done for him. We've got scrap crap from him. Yeah, I, we should. Uh, you should what? I, I'm trying to think of how to get his attention without, you know, being an asshole about it. Maybe uh, go to the men's room or something and walk by his table. Oh, I know how to do it. It'd be kind of cool. Uh, I'm going to tell that waiter guy to send a shot of uh, expensive scotch over to Maroney from us. Because they'll inevitably get the drink and look over right at us. I, I'm sorry, sir, but um, we don't serve that here. Perhaps something... Whatever he wants. Whatever he likes to drink. Well, we just don't want to bother him. We work for him, but we don't want to bother him. We just would like to let him know we're here and waiting for whenever he's ready. I, I see, sir. And also, we're hungry. And what can I get you to eat, gentlemen? I don't know. Well, that's good today. I'll have a big old plate of spaghetti and meatballs with extra meat sauce. Please. Of course, sir. Can I get a patty melt? <laughs> <laughs> Do you think this is a common diner, sir? No, no, no. Uh, you can't go with the flow here. Can I get a steak and potato? Yes, sir. Excellent. Rare. I'll have the same. Mm. Okay. Um, we will prepare this and return shortly. Uh, he leaves, and it's almost like almost like magic. He hits the kitchen door, 
and salads come out, pass around the table. Uh, basket of warm bread. Mm. Now remember not to fill up on the bread, boys. Leave room for the main entree. Okay, Dad. <laughs> Mr. Coffin the second. Um, the maitre d' comes back out of the kitchen uh, with a with the, uh, like a crystal glass. Looks like it's probably scotch. Brings it over to the table, leans down, and, you know, whispers and kind of points at you guys. And Maroney kind of looks over his shoulder, kind of furtively, doesn't necessarily acknowledge your presence in a in a way that you know that's obvious. Mm-hmm. But or I mean, <laughs> or or decent. I mean, he yeah. is he is boss Maroney, and you are Jimmy Whistler and Doc. Yeah, I know. That's why I want to do it the way I did right. instead of just going over his table. Hey, we're here, you know. There's Boss Cardone. There's Boss Maroney. There's me. There's <laughs> other fish. There's starfish, sea urchins, whale poop, and then there's you. I think of us more as the whalers on the boat above the sea. Or whale. <laughs> this whale puke is worth something. Yeah, whale poop. Um, you guys are sitting there. You're waiting on your food to get done. Uh, the two, the twins get up and, and put on their coats and hats and and leave. Uh, you notice, interestingly enough, they, they are in lockstep with each other, but because one is left-handed, one is right-handed, they are, their steps in time, but also all mirroring each other. It's, it's the weirdest thing you've ever fucking seen. And you guys have seen some weird shit in this city. Does do they ring a bell at all? Um, no. They kind of fit the bill of Schultz's hitters. Mm. All black, tall guys. You don't know them from the neighborhood. You don't know them from anywhere that you guys frequent. Never seen them before. All right. Uh, you know how the locals of a certain city move a certain way. And you can always tell an outsider. Mm-hmm. Well, these guys do definitely have that kind of outsider uh, way they carry themselves. They carry themselves like they're from someplace else. Like almost Teutonic. Uh, kinda, kind of Teutonic. They, they, uh, you know, their heads are on a swivel. You know, you see, you know, they, they, every once in a while, you know, they kind of reflexively stroke, you know, their you know, one the right side of their coat, the other the left side of their coat. You know, that, that, that kind of pensive way uh, you've seen a lot of wise guys do when they're checking to make sure that their guns are still there. But not making it look like they're checking to see if their guns are still there. That's why I keep mine shoved in the front of my pants. <laughs> Gangsta star! So <laughs> mine strapped to my forehead. I'm just, I'm just like uh, scratching my, my balls when I'm really just checking if my teeth are still there. It's, it's the ultimate in subtlety. If this was Call of Cthulhu, I'd make you roll to see if it goes off by accident. I have a shoulder holster. Yeah, I know. I have a forehead holster. That's right. Whistler just you know he just puts He's a shotgun. In his forehead. <laughs> he just comes out of the top of his head. Go go gadget shotgun. 
his 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 right arm just transforms into a shotgun. <laughs> Got this in the war <laughs> between us and Alpha Centauri. <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, describe them. They they look like uh, the season one Takeshi Kovacs with black hair. All right, they're they're gone. Uh, you guys are served. You guys are you know done your salad. You eating a couple pieces of bread. One of the the muscle guys that's sitting with Cardone, or not Cardone, with uh, Maroni, comes over. Mister Maroni will see you now. But our salads. It will wait. <laughs> Get up. Sure, and rest too long is going to be fucking medium now. Step on over. Yeah, I'm going to stop and look at the kitchen wistfully, and then. Walk the rest of the way over. Really wanted that steak. Put on my best winning smile. You will receive your steak. <laughs> Mr. Maroney gave orders to the maitre d' to hold your order until he's finished talking to you. That was very thoughtful of him. That's wonderful. Excellent. What a gentleman. Come with me. Mm. You got it. He goes over, motions you to uh, a couple, three chairs across from... Salvatore Maroni. Thank you very much. Salvatore is sitting there. He's like, I appreciate the drink, gentlemen. And he's just stuffing his face. Dips his bread in some of the sauce and eats it. So do you have anything to report that I haven't already heard? Well, what have you heard? I've heard that uh, not too long after I gave you the assignment to make... Cardone suffer, this lucky gang appears in town. I think that was rather a fortuitous coincidence. They sound like chumps. <laughs> I'm yeah, sure. Yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm not going to own up to it. Ever. <laughs> we, we might have had something to do with that. Well, of course. I would, would expect, would not expect less from you gentlemen. We might have also... Well, you two gentlemen, I don't know about this one. <laughs> Look over at Whistler. Shake my head a little bit. <laughs> mm. <laughs> we, we might have had a hand in uh, getting your warehouse taken away from him. Yes, but in doing so, you got it taken away from me as well. Well, that's temporary, isn't it? Isn't it more humiliating and painful to have the feds take what you once took? I can't think of a bigger slap in the face. Yeah, I thought the goal was for him to lose everything and not know it was you until you finally, at the very end when he was bankrupted, were like, hey, it's me. Yes, yes, I know, but I would have preferred to be able to take a swoop in naturally to take it over. Now I have to do some bureaucratic red tape and deal with with the Treasury Department. Do you know how hard those men are to buy? Can't you just buy the warehouse next door? Use it? Oh. So hung up on that address. We can burn it to the ground. It'd be useless to everybody to have the warehouse next door. Let me tell you a story, Mr. <laughs> when my father came to this country... His first job was in that warehouse. And he scrimped and saved and worked his fingers to the bone 
until one day he was actually able to purchase that warehouse. And then his, the rest of his family came over from the old country and started a little enterprise of importing goods from Italy. And then the teetotalers passed prohibition, which is about the time it fell into my possession, a gift from my father. And so I appropriated it into fighting off the scourge of temperance. In here. It's got sentimental value. It <laughs> does. It is very dear to my family. Well, the Treasury Department can't hold it forever. Just buy it when they put it back on auction. Well, for the time being, I will handle that arrangement. Uh, it almost seems like it's, uh, it's a lucky break. If you can get your your money with the Treasury Department and then use the warehouse while they're occupying the building, you're pretty much uh, invulnerable. However, my one problem with your escapades is the involvement of this Detective Hauser and Detective O'Brien. Detective wants this poor guy's dead. Those two are the only cops in this city not on my payroll. On your payroll. Interesting you should say your payroll. As you can see, there's no one here but us. I believe I can speak freely. But from what I understand, they are not on anyone's payroll. Mm, but you see, we was just told. Well, I mean, obviously it's probably a lie. That, uh... Carlotta had the cops on her page. Carlotta is buying into the system. She, of course, wants the police to overlook her own activity. It is what we do. Doesn't that, uh, conflict of interests with you? Not particularly. Because she is only purchasing the idle glance of the police, whereas I have gone the extra steps and have a couple of council members in my pocket. Those two cops work for, like, Schultz or the Irishman? They work for no one but themselves. So they're dishonest or honest? That would depend on your definition, wouldn't it? Do they take money from anybody? If they don't, then they're probably honest. I mean, I guess you could look at it in terms of how the social contract works, you know. I, well, I mean, they could I mean, be, like, uh, you know, beefing up their numbers. If the only honest people are people that... Whistler looks off in the distance and starts talking to himself in German. Why don't we just pop them off and <laughs> worry about them? Well, unfortunately, when you pop off the only two good cops in the city, you might find that the almighty dollar uh, is not as powerful as the thin blue line, as they have taken to calling it. There is a certain loyalty amongst cops that money cannot buy. So those two are untouchable? We shouldn't try to go after them? What, who, who suggested going after them? I don't know. I'm just trying you seem to irate with them. I thought this problem. I am I always know. irate with a good cop. Oh, I thought you wanted us to kill them. I mean, <clears throat> remove them. Has, has anyone made an offer to them? They turn down every offer, mm. no matter who it's from. Mm. They at least appear to be putting on the charade of being uncorruptible. So you're saying we should avoid them at all costs? Because of course it's a lie. I'm not saying anything. 
If pointed in the proper direction, a couple of honest cops could be a powerful weapon. If not, well, they could be a poison in your veins. Have you read Machiavelli? That's that Prince fellow, right? Yes. Mm. He didn't actually say that about police officers, but I'm sure he would have if he lived in our time. Mm-hmm. I think I, I read that was largely written as a satirical social criticism. Well, you know how society works. The best no, way to all. cover up truth <laughs> is behind the jester's cap. Mm. So, sorry, sorry, Card- uh, Maroni is kind of starting to turn into a myth. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> So how humiliated is uh, Cardone at this point? I'm sorry? How humiliated is Cardone at this point? Well, he's certainly not bankrupt, as I asked. But he um, was a shitload of money. He did, and Schultz apparently is calling in his markers. That he is. Half a million dollars. Pretty called in the Irishman's marker, too. He's calling in everyone's marker. Thankfully, I... I am not as in debt with him as the others. Why would he do that? I had more money to start with. Mm. No, I mean, why would Schultz pull in all his markers? With the feds in town, I'm hearing that uh, he's thinking about a tropical getaway. Mm. Well, either that or he's going back to Germany. I don't know why. Dreadful place, what's going on over there. Mm. How bankrupt will... um Cardone B, if he has to pay off this marker. Half a million dollars in one go is is a quite a sum for any boss. An so, enterprising boss could buy that debt and charge interest. Yes, but it's not, how you say, tasteful to do something like that. It's not my way. <laughs> is there anything else? Well, I'm saying now, I mean... He's been humiliated. He's about to be bankrupt. Close. His wife has money. Are we humiliating her as well? Of course not. But he might. she might be the one to save the Empire. And then it will all be for naught. <clears throat> so even if we accomplish our mission, she could, she could step in and, and save him and then it's all for naught. So we should be humiliating and bankrupting her as well. Yeah, it is a possibility. No, I mean it's it's not a possibility. If she is going to step in and save him from this fate, then we have to take away her income as well. As you say, my orders to you were open-ended. Yes, you know the result I require, and we gave you that result. He is not crawling on the street begging for scraps. He will be when when Schultz gets done with him, apparently, until well, his wife comes in. What if he just decides to fight Schultz? <laughs> what if he follows this Lucky Gang's example and decides to go open warfare to prevent paying the half a million dollars? But then wouldn't the other gangs join him and then they'd all be out of debt? That is also a possibility. Is there some way we could point those two uncorruptible policemen in his direction? As I said, my name is not to be anywhere near this. Therefore, 
I will not instruct you in the ways of conducting your guerrilla war. This, this thing of ours. <laughs> we should have a little bit of compensation for our efforts so far so that we can continue this war. Yeah, we Especially actually have gone quite have a... to drag his wife into all of this. We have gone out of pocket. Hmm. That will bear some consideration. Do you still hang at Flo's diner? Mm-hmm. I will send someone there when I have made my decision. Fair enough. Until then, good night, gentlemen. Can I still have a steak and potato? Of course. On the house. Excellent. Excellent. Oh, that's I'm, wonderful. I'm going to go back to the... If he's, if he's letting us go, I'm going to go back to the booth and... Eight. Wait there eagerly. Dismisses you. He dismisses you with the fork still in his hand. (laughs) Awesome. You have a good night, too. Thank you, sir. I think the town's vigilante should be daredevil, not bad. (laughs) (laughs) Why is that? Because he's a fucking king. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that confirms a lot of our theories. What's that? Well, that Schultz definitely is pulling out. That wasn't something that Cardone was just making up. Or Ratso, anyway. Well, and it, it doesn't appear that that uh, that the wife is in cahoots with Maroney. It, although, who knows, because he met with her. And also, I would bet those two mutants that were meeting with Maroney were Schultz's men. Yeah. So, Elzer and Brian are kind of a wild card, because I actually don't think they work for anybody. I think we, instead of getting rid of them, we should we should definitely kind of stick them on uh, Cardoni's wife. Mm. Yeah. Somehow get word to them that Cardoni's wife has a hit out on him. Either that or uh, get word to them that that she's buying up cops. Yeah, maybe that would prompt them to go to the feds. Yeah, and if they're really good policemen, they might be very incensed that some of their fellow brethren are on the take. Problem with that, though, that also affects Maroney. Mm. Mm. So leave the police out of it. I mean, leave the the the, the envelope accepting police <laughs> out of it. Yeah, we might have to think more about what to do with those two. I don't think we should kill them, though. Nah, I really wasn't thinking of that at the beginning. Well, especially like, if kind of like those two guys through and gives us some compensation. I think Ratso is just going to sick us, sick us on those two guys, and we went to go collect, probably ambush us and kill us. So what? What Carlotta runs um, the prostitution in the in the city. She runs what else? She runs. Uh, is there something? Is there some way we could? Um, she she of, runs all the prostitution in the city. Yeah. Um, and she owns half of the blue Dang. corner. And part of the bank. And the bank. Yeah. <laughs> well, the blue corner and the bank are both legitimate. Uh, well, the blue corner is a bar during Prohibition. So yeah, that's true. Really legitimate. That's true. Yeah. The bank is is gangsters only. <laughs> it's, yeah. You know, they launder money, so how legitimate is that? Yeah. Mm. But... If we can sick Hauser and O'Brien onto that bank. Hmm. What we need to do... Your food has arrived, by the way. You guys are munching while you're having this. I'm tearing it up. Good, good, good. 
if we can get any business records at all of any of these establishments, the books, and give them to Hauser and O'Brien or the feds, mm. then they have a legitimate reason to to start um, dismantling. You know, yeah, get warrants and, and, and all that. Just spitballing here. Uh, this is going off in another direction, so this could be. Just feel free to again just spitballing. Just shut this down if it's not productive. But what if we started seeding rumors that the two that Housla and O'Brien were the lucky gang? That they, uh, you know, what I mean, they're doing uh, they're doing sort of vigilantism on their own, or in other words, put a target on their backs and let let Carlotta or somebody do. You know what I mean? Just uh, sort of draw draw them out uh, the the ne'er do wells and. Barry, you want him dead? Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah, but as that, far would as give them, that would give I them think, extra incentive. You know, make them. Well, yeah. I think a, a, a good bet might be to try and get the blue corners books. Hmm. How? Figure out when they're closed and do a B and E. Do that. Um, we've been in the office before, right? No, oh, you've been in a office. If we go really early in the morning and just pop in, we could probably have a little bit of time to look around and see what we can find. Would they keep the records there uh, when they're closed, you think? Or would they go home with somebody? I'm sure it's probably in a safe. Safe, you say? <laughs> Is there like a word on the street? Who's like the accountant for the uh, the bookkeeper for the place? Mr. Ogabi. Mr. Ogabi. I like him too. Mm. And he's loyal too. Remember, he was saying about how you know he got his job and blah blah blah. And, and he never he did not steer you guys wrong. <laughs> so far, the only gangsters to actually have paid you guys have been the ones you're after. Yeah, that's ironic. Well, we'll see. How about a, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Jimmy. Let's see if uh, Maroney actually pays us. Yeah. Tonight it flows. Yeah, I think we should hold off on making any huge plans until Maroney actually pays us anything. Because if he doesn't, my loyalty might be to him might be starting to fade. Well, then why don't we have our dessert at Flows? Flows doesn't make a good canola. Why don't we have our after dinner coffee at Flo's? I can get that. Mm. Okay. Uh, dinner's taken care of. You get your cannoli. Mm. Delicious. Bill's taken care of by Mr. Maroney. Oh, there you go. There's the perk. <laughs> it, it was really good. Jeez, I'm getting hungry just sitting here thinking about it. I know, I'd kill for a steak and a baked potato right now. Uh, you guys head over to Flo's. Of course, Flo's not there. Mm. Alice is there. Kiss my grits. <laughs> uh, you take your seats in your normal spot, and Alice comes up and says, I haven't seen you guys in a few days. It's Everything been, okay? It's been a harrowing few days, but we, we made it through to the other side. I'll love some coffee. Mm. There you go, hon. Three coffees coming up. Um, as you're sitting there drinking the coffee, bell rings. A couple of guys walk in. Brown trench coats. Fedoras. 
You recognize them, Jimmy. Actually, Whistler recognizes them too. One of them, they look around. The Schultz's boys. Not much. No. Not much going on in the in the in the diner at the time. So they walk directly to your table, Jimmy Figaro. Sometimes he pulls back his trench coat, showing the badge on his belt. My name's Detective Hauser. This is my partner O'Brien. <laughs> May we have a seat? It's a free country. O'Brien goes over, has to grab a chair from one of the other tables. Uh, Hauser scoots over in next to Doc, lights up a cigarette. Alice comes over, coffee for the two of us as well, please. Bacon. Pie, please. You just had a cannoli. You had a cannoli. I knew we were coming here for coffee, so I was going to get some pie. <laughs> you get your pie, coffee all around. Uh, Hauser just kind of sits there sipping his coffee, smoking his cigarette. And just kind of every once in a while, he just look, looks you guys over. And who are you two fine gentlemen? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, well, uh, nice to meet you. Uh, my name is Charles uh, Coffin III of the Boston Coffins. I see. The Boston Coffins, Jimmy. Hanging with a rather elite crowd. You and <laughs> Whistler over here. Oh, no. We're an old family, but yeah, uh, knows we, are. <laughs> we, uh, we believe in egalitarianism, uh, all of that uh, class stuff. No, no. So what did the only two honest cops in the city want with us? We've been looking for you for a couple of weeks, Jimmy. Got a couple of questions for you. Especially, say, especially answer, after some events. Jasmine and Knuckle Punch. Is this a private conversation? Should uh, should uh, did you want? Should we go down over by the the the, uh, the counter and uh, have our coffee over there? Or what? what, uh, what uh... Shut up, Coffin. I say, sir. Look, this is strictly off the record. All right, I don't have any beef with you. As far as I know, you guys are strictly small time, and you don't look to be doing anything but keeping it that way. Then he kind of looks around the diner. However, I have a little problem. Everyone's got a problem. Yeah, but my problem relates back to you guys. I've got feds in my fucking city. And then multiplying. <laughs> and from what I understand from that rat bastard Jones is that you and Mr. Coffin here are somehow related to their coming into my city. I don't like feds. We have something in common, finally. So, are you going to tell me what you guys were doing to draw the attention of the Treasury Department and why they're holed up in a mob warehouse on the south side of town? They didn't tell you? We drove a truck. It was jurisdictional, blah, blah, blah. They tried to shut all of us off a truck for a few bucks. Someone dropped a dime, they came in, guns are blazing, beat us up in a, in a fucking abandoned factory, ran the plates on the car we were supposed to pick up, traced it back to the warehouse. Anybody could have been there and the same shit would have happened. I see. I see. 
So you guys are just taking odd jobs for Rizzoli, right? You're not you're not officially made into the the Cardone family, right? Absolutely. Not. I don't work for nobody. Do you guys know anything about the Lucky Gang? <laughs> Chumps. <laughs> if you ask me, their name fits. Look, all I know is Cardone took the warehouse from Maroney. Suddenly, the Lucky Gang shows up. The fucking Feds show up. All of this stuff can be handled locally. I don't need any of this shit in my town. Then I got this fucking. Then I got this fucking goon in a cape. Yes, that's me. That's that's not you. I I I know it's not you, Jimmy. But I got this fucking goon in a cape. He's roughing up other cops. Has he roughed you up? He ain't roughed me up. He ain't roughed O'Brien up. If he tries for us, we'll take him down. Let me ask you a question. Because I ran into this uh, gentleman. Yeah. The cape myself. I feel sorry for you. Lucky you uh, got, got out of it pretty much unscathed, huh? Yeah, so ask yourself who this guy is roughing up. I know who he's roughing up. All the cops he roughed up, I know they're on the take. Okay. But there's nothing I can do about it because the fucking chief is on the take. I'm just trying to be an honest cop, keeping law and order in this town, and suddenly everything goes to fucking shit. I think you need to concentrate on what really matters. I don't think the cape guy matters. I don't... Well, the feds, you know, that's kind of a... That's an ego thing, right? That's jurisdiction. That's ego. But ultimately... How's how's your shoulder? I, I, I notice you're nursing your shoulder there, Jimmy. Yeah, well, you tell I, me about how these treasury agents are. Come on. You don't think you would have done the same thing? Eh, maybe. Exactly. The way I figure it, you guys are on the same side. We're not on the same side. He shut me out of everything. This was my case. Lucky gang. Fucking warehouse. All of it was my case. They took my case right out from under me. I don't know these guys from Jack. As far as I know... They work for one of the bosses and just pretending to be on the side of law and order. Could be, but word on the street, and, and I don't, uh, I don't know. Whistler, should I be even be telling him this? What's the word on the street, Jimmy? Tell him what you're going to tell me as a head out on him, or yeah. I think that would directly lead back to us. Because Ratso, I think, is pretty much decided we're going to do this for him. I don't think he's generally got that out to the public. I mean, that's just my guess. All right. Well, I'm just, let, let me put it to you this way. <clears throat> for us to be seen talking to you is very bad. You've got people who don't want you around. Yeah, what's that supposed to mean? I'm sure I've ruffled a few feathers, but what's yeah. that really supposed to mean? <clears throat> people, what are you trying to say, Jimmy? I'm saying that possibly you should lay low. And as soon as you say, lay low, the bell rings again. And two men enter. Is it those goons? Tall, garbed in all black, walking in lockstep with each other. One of them says, Detective Hauser, Detective O'Brien. O'Brien gets up like, what the fuck you want? And they Calm go, down. Calm down. They go, we're federal agents. You're under arrest. Hell, we are. And... It's slow motion. 
O'Brien is like bucking up to these guys because, you know, he's a big Irish cop. Hauser is like scratching his chin trying to figure out what the fuck's going on. You guys, you know, Doc is sitting there. He's like turned, got his head turned. Right, we're at a table. Over his shoulder. You guys are in a booth in the back of the diner. Crap, I thought we were at a table. Whistler, you guys are in your usual seats. Whistler and Jimmy sit facing the door. So you guys are looking directly at the at them. Doc usually sits with his back to the door because he trusts you guys looking. And he doesn't have that kind of cowboy mentality that you guys have. He does now. <laughs> you, better, you better learn. Um and as O'Brien goes up, walks up to one of these guys and shoves him back, right? And like I said, all of this is in slow motion. As soon as O'Brien shoves the guy, it's the trench coats fly open and they both pull up fucking Tommy guns. And begin to open fire. Roll for initiative. Uh, where do you add your dexterity bonus? Uh, I rolled a 14. 19. Oh, uh, 10. Is what, 14? Yeah. All right. Uh, Whistler was 19. Mm-hmm. Doc? 10. 10. All right. Uh, roll for uh, Hauser and O'Brien. Oh, oh wait a minute. I'm sorry. We're doing this all wrong. The uh, D6? Yeah, Jimmy, give me a D6. Oh. It's OSR. <laughs> oh. Should we all roll a D6 for initiative? No. No, just one side. Oh, right, 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 right. What'd you get, Jimmy? Oh. Six. Six. Okay, so um, we'll do it like this. We'll go Whistler, Jimmy, um, Hauser, O'Brien, Doc, and then Lefty and Righty. And here, this is the bad part about like improv. Coming up with quips for every action. Well, not just that, but also coming up with um, weapons on the fly. Uh, no, uh, characters on the fly. Oh. Brian. You get a dexterity adjustment when you fire a gun, right? Yeah. Okay. Actually, I think the dexterity adjustments for initiative. I think you get it on ranged attacks as well. And that's the most important thing. All right, Whistler. Yeah, attack rolls, but not damage rolls with a ranged weapon. And it modifies your armor class. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was already done in the pregens. I'm not a pregen. I know you're not a pre-gen. You're a custom sleeve. I understand. <laughs> All right, Whistler, you're up first. Okay. So these booths, right? Is it the standard one? We're underneath. They've probably got one of those sort of L-shaped yeah, like a- hinge things. And then on the other end, it's like a post with some uh, screws in it holding it up. Kind of. You got like a little glass privacy wall and then a seat and then it's like up in the corner okay i'm more thinking about the table itself and how it's anchored the table itself is basically yeah it's like piping 
and the bench seats and the table are all like one unit so they can slide it the whole thing out and like sweep a mop behind it and then slide it back okay well then i'm gonna slide it out and rip it off its hinges uh like i said the table is attached to the seats as well oh i didn't hear that part <laughs> that's okay table is attached to the seats here's my coming on the barbarian moment <laughs> uh are they trying to shoot at all of us or are they just trying to gun down they, I mean, they, they just, look appear getting ready yeah. to spray all of us yeah they appear to be uh indiscriminate indiscriminate but their their target is definitely hauser and o'brien Fuck that. I don't want to get shot down by these guys. Um, yeah, but all I got on me is my revolver. Uh, am I inside against the wall or am I outside against the... You're inside against the wall. You're in the, actually in the corner. Um, you do have a little bit of cover because of Doc and the seat. <laughs> Doc is cover. Right, I thought I was on the same side as, as Jimmy. Because we saw those two guys coming right. in. Yep. Yep. Jimmy's on the outside. You're on the inside. Oh, I see what you're saying. And then okay. Doc's sitting directly across from you. Because Hauser <clears throat> was sitting directly across from Jimmy. Okay. Well, then I pull out my revolver. And do I get two shots on this guy or just one? Uh, revolver is just one shot. No, it's not a matter of rounds. It's a matter of rough and ready. If they're one hit down or less, I got two attacks on them. Uh, yeah, these guys are definitely not. Uh, less than one hit die. Damn. Okay. Kapow. Nah, I don't hit anything. I rolled a six. Rolled Actually, six. Be a, rolled an eight. Rolled an eight. Okay, yeah. You fire. It goes wide. Uh, Jimmy, you're next. Um. So, can I jump over the seat? Yeah, you can. You can like, finagle your way over the seat and use it as cover. Yeah, I mean, you guys are already like half because you're seated at a booth and there is that privacy glass. Well, there was privacy glass uh, <laughs> until until Whistler took a shot. Um, but yeah, while you're seated, you have half cover. Um, uh, what are you trying to do? You, like, I'm just trying to jump over, get cover, so and then take a couple shots at one, that lefty. That lefty, okay. Um, yeah, you managed to like swing around where you're, you know, you got the back of one boot, one bench up against, you know, up against your one elbow and you, you're kind of shooting around the corner. All right. That's cool. Works for me. All right. So, um, I'm going to squeeze off two shots. Okay. Go for it. Uh, first one is a, uh, so I add my dexterity, right? Yep. Add so, your decks to the shot. All right, so it's a 14. Okay, that is definitely a miss. Okay. Fuck. And the second one is a 17. That is a hit. Okay. Uh, and that is four. Okay. Uh, yeah, you just, like, graze one of them in the arm. Lefty. Right. Um. Okay. Hauser pulls out his service revolver. He's going to take a shot. He goes wide and uh, hits Alice in the leg as she's like trying to turn and run back to the kitchen. Alice goes down, like, you know, face down. She's trying to crawl toward the kitchen. 
That's our waitress. She she is on the other side of Lefty and Righty. Um, O'Brien is going to try to deck uh, Lefty. And you see the glint of brass knuckles in his hands. And whoosh, he misses. The guy just like, slips it real easy. All right. You hear you hear Hauser call out call out to O'Brien. O'Brien, get the girl. And it is Doc's turn. I am going to scramble for the kitchen. All right, the door to the kitchen is behind Lefty and Righty. Hmm. All right, I will. Um, is there any plausible? Is there like maybe the counter or another booth? Something I can just get out of the way and be safe. Yeah, if you can make me a dex check, you can get behind the counter. Okay. You can, you can dive over behind the counter. You won't have time to shoot, but that's you'll fine. be able to position yourself. All right, that's my dexterity or under? Dex right? or under, yep. No, I do not no. make it. Dang. All right, now it's time for the Tommy gun fire. Mm. Uh, lefty uh, is, he's kind of like jammed up with... Uh, O'Brien right now because O'Brien's just trying to deck him. Uh, Righty takes a shot at Hauser, misses. Takes a second shot at Hauser, also misses. I think. Let me double check. Yeah, definitely misses. All right. Back to the top of the round. Whistler, what you got? So Jimmy's out of my way now? Yeah, yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy's kind of taking up a position. Um, to kind of describe it to you, you guys were sitting in the bench. Uh, Hauser is now is kind of behind the bench, so he's like, if you were in the corner and Jimmy was sitting next to you, from where he's positioned, he's out in the open in front of the bench, in front of the booth, right? Okay. Jimmy has is like pushed up against one of the benches, and uh, he's trying to like he's shooting around the corner at, at Lefty, but not trying to hit O'Brien, and then. Yeah, you got you pretty much have a straight not shot. Much. What's that? I'm not trying to hit him much. Right. How far is uh, uh, Righty from me? Um, is he enough? I could just slide out of this booth and just try to tackle him to the ground. Uh, yeah. Give me. Go ahead and give me your your decks, and and we'll see we'll see where you end up. You won't be able to like like you know get him, but you'll be in position to try to tackle him next round. Okay, I just don't want him to unload on me with that SMG. I hear you. Uh, just dexterity or less? Uh, yeah, dex or less. <laughs> One time I needed to roll low. It rolls high. <laughs> no. Okay. So uh, does, actually, does it beat your quickness save? No. No, okay. So I rolled a 12. Way. I needed to be 11 or less. So it sucked at both ends. All right. Well, you managed to like you scramble out, up, and you're like trying to go across the table, and and you kind of trip, and you're you're standing on the bench in front of you where, almost where where Doc was sitting. Oh, great! Right, so you now you've got kind of high ground a little bit. Um, all right, Hauser takes another shot. Wait, can I get? Oh, that's right, Jimmy. It's your turn. I'm going to squeeze off another couple at lefty. Okay, go for it. Oh, first one definitely misses. Okay. And the second one is an 18. An 18? Uh, that one's a hit. Oh, I rolled an 8. 
All right. Wait, let me make sure it's not a one. Yep. Okay. Cthulhu dice. <laughs> okay. That's a good, good solid hit in the shoulder. Uh, lefty is not not happy, for sure. Uh, Hauser is going to try to squeeze off one at righty. Misses. Um, O'Brien. Let's see. O'Brien. Uh, okay. O'Brien must have played some football or something because he just shoves his way past Lefty. I mean, he just like drops an elbow and right where uh, right where Jimmy shot him. I mean, it's perfect. Jimmy shot hits hits him in the shoulder, and O'Brien just kind of muscles him to the side, and 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 he kind of stumbles, so he won't be able to act this turn. And he goes, he, you see him, he muscles past, and he slides over. And he is covering Alice with his body. And uh, now it's Doc's turn. Doc is now behind the counter. Yep. Doc, find out what's so special about that that girl, unless you're going to shoot at right or left. Right. No, I'm not going to shoot anybody right now. I'm just going to peer over the, the counter because I'm not, yeah, I don't want to. I'm just going to peer over the counter and just kind of. Yeah, just be defensive. Kind of peer over the counter. Well, you don't even have to peer over the counter. From where you are, like crouched behind the counter, uh, you see O'Brien. You know, you see O'Brien's shoulders, and he's you know crawling along the ground. He's trying to pull Alice along with him out of the out of you know any possible fire. Okay. Because you know, like I said, Hauser and O'Brien are good cops. Right. Right. Well. Myth- we- the mythical good cop. Yeah. Okay. Um, and we are at lefty and righty. Lefty is kind of stumbling a little bit. Righty uh, is going to take... You shot my brother! He's going to take a couple shots at uh, Jimmy. Uh, what's your AC? I said my AC is three and I have whatever cover is provided me by okay. this. Well, he missed that one. And... He's going to miss that one, too. Uh, a couple bullets just thunk, thunk right into the bench. Uh, like I said, lefty's not going to go this round, so we're back up to Whistler. Okay, well, let's try this. I don't know if I want to tackle him. Or just shoot. This is what's crazy about this hit point system versus the guns. I think I would have to stand over this guy and empty my revolver in him to kill him, hit point-wise. Depends I'm going to try it. Roll. Yeah, well, judging by... The way I'm rolling tonight. Well, um, I'm going to try to tackle him again. You're going to try to tackle him? Okay, you're going to try to make it. Okay. Well, the the quickness slash dexterity was to get over the obstacles. Mm-hmm. Uh, to actually hit him, you're going to need to make a toughness save, which should be fairly easy for you. 17. Uh, yeah, you definitely hit him. Boom. No, I mean, my toughness save oh, is 17. Yeah. That's not fairly easy. Well, you're, you're a brutish. Yeah. Your toughness save should be 14. Uh, then I'm, uh, are you looking at all my saving throws right now? I, I am looking at the combat chart right now. Brutish, level 1 to 3, toughness, 14. Okay, are you looking at actually my to-hit roll or my toughness save? Your toughness save. Because I'm showing it as 17 on my sheet. I wonder if all my stats are screwy. It shouldn't be. Shouldn't this be. is a pre-jam. This, this isn't my fault. I didn't look at 17. <laughs> well, it's, it's 14. Beat to 14. <laughs> okay. Come on. 
Five. Five? I can't roll to save my life. All right, you get up closer to him. You're you're in striking distance now. <laughs> For what uh, that's worth. Right. <laughs> but you're not like you're like ah you're just out of arm's reach. You kinda like you, you stumble over the, the back of the booth and just kinda ah and, and kind of catch yourself because you're you were off balance and then you kind of stop. God, okay. Like, almost right in front of the barrel of the gun. Ah, all right, Jimmy. Uh, I'm gonna try and put another two into lefty. Okay, go for it. Uh, first one is a ten. That's a miss. And the second one is a ten, and that's a miss. Okay. <laughs> You uh you hit one of the front windows of the diner, shatters out. Um, yep. So Hauser, ooh Hauser makes a shot. He's trying to shoot righty there. Uh, that's a service revolver, so D six. He hits righty in the leg. Uh, O'Brien, he's just he's basically pulling Alice to behind the counter. That's that's his action. Doc. Um. So is it lefty shooting at Jimmy? Uh, righty was shooting oh, at Jimmy. Righty lefty shooting. Lefty was Jimmy. kind of knocked off balance by O'Brien's charge. That's right. All right. I'm gonna shoot since he's shooting at my friend. I'm gonna shoot at him. Try to catch him in a crossfire. So right. I'm gonna whip out my uh, 12 gauge. <laughs> okay. And uh, see if I can blow him away. Now, Whistler, go. Whistler is this is the same <laughs> situation as the trout. This is, this is what oh. said exactly. <laughs> beginning of the session. Uh oh. Of being afraid. Oh, <laughs> all right. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to miss miss uh, my intended target and uh, take out my friend Whistler. So that would be that would be terrible. So uh, I will cover instead. Realizing this, kind of visualizing the scene, I will cover O'Brien and. Uh, well, you get, you got a shot at Lefty. Okay, I'll take a shot at Lefty. Okay. Yeah. Because right. I just don't want to get a, a innocent person uh, or a friend uh, if I miss. Okay. So let's see. Uh, 12 gauge. Uh, I got a 12 on the die. Um, I have no dexterity modifier. So, yeah. You uh, have successfully killed a napkin dispenser. <laughs> all right. Boom. Oh, the napkins nap are flying all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> a napkin dispenser will terrify no one again. It's like napkins are now flying all over the place. <laughs> it's like grabbing for dollars, but it's like grabbing ketchup, for Ketchup, a, a bottle of ketchup. It just splatters <laughs> all over the window. Great condiment massacre. 57 varieties, my ass. <laughs> uh, all right. So now it's, now it's lefty and righty. Uh, lefty's gotten himself. He you know catches that shotgun blast. He's turning around on, on Doc. What's your AC, Doc? Permuted, Doc. Sorry, I'm um, AC five. Hopefully, I'm partially covered by the the counter. Uh, yeah, you got uh, at least half cover, so that's going to be AC three. AC later. Uh, it's going to be a miss, and second one's a hit. Ah, and he's bang! You see one just like slam into the counter. The next one catches you. Yeah. D eight. Six points. Oof. Boom! One to the chest. I'm yeah, I'm down. Boom. You down, you leveled up. Yeah, but we hadn't healed since coming we back. Did. Our... You did, did when you took a shower. Oh. Oh, sorry. Okay, good. Well, Through that's... the magic of plot. Yeah. 
it's like a video game when you when you level up. You know? Oh, all right. Well, then I'm still I'm I've taken a hit and I'm bleeding, but I'm still amongst the living. All right. Yes. Uh, Righty is going to try to like butt strike Whistler. What's your AC, Whistler? It's mute. Uh, it's fine that it was muted because I was going uh, five. Why'd you have your fedora? It's a bowler. You have your yeah. bowler. Four. No, it was a plus one to con. Yeah. Oh, damn it. Which gives you an extra hit point. No, it does not. No, Never mind. It wasn't enough to get over the hump. To... It wasn't enough to get over the hump. All right. But he misses anyway, so he tries to whiff. He whiffs with the fucking butt of the rifle. And we're back to the top of the round, Whistler. Um, I'm going to... Get out my brass knuckles instead, since I'm close enough, and just swing on him. Okay. I'm just literally drop my pistol and get out my brass knuckles. Okay, go for it. Um, roll an 18 or higher, so I'm not going to try that. I was reading about the strike to the head thing, but it's not worth it to me. Okay. 13. Uh, 13. 13. I hit AC 6. Nope, missed him. So you guys are, like, whiffing at each other. Uh, Jimmy. All right, so... um. Last bullet in the clip, so I'm going to aim it at left or try and hit lefty. Okay. That is a 14, so I miss. And then I uh, pop another clip in. I'm pretty sure that's probably my turn. Okay. All right. Hauser misses uh, lefty. O'Brien is, uh, he's got Alice secure. Oh my God. O'Brien is just fucking amazing. I don't, he doesn't even have stats or bonuses to anything, and he's fucking amazing. Uh, O'Brien comes charging out from behind the counter, right? Catches Lefty as he's swinging back around after fight, no, after shooting at Doc. Swinging back around. You see O'Brien run up, grab him, like almost lift him up over his shoulder and out one of the other windows. So he's just... And they're, they, those two are now out on the street. They're on the sidewalk, at least. Lefty and O'Brien? Lefty and O'Brien. Uh, Hauser is like, kick his ass, O'Brien! And, uh, yeah, now it's Doc's turn. If I get a clear shot at righty, or would that do collateral damage if I miss? Uh, if, if you make a one. Oh, that's no problem. If you crit fail. <laughs> that won't you will, happen. You will, shoot, you will shoot Whistler. That would never happen. There's only a 5% chance of that happening. Those are odds I'm willing to take. <laughs> Cheers. Well, not a one, but I only got an eight. More napkins, more ketchup. It's, and, but since there's not a window there, it kind of yep. like flies out and splatters all over O'Brien. Uh and now your shotgun is empty. Yep. All right. So, Righty is the only one left. Uh, he's going he's gonna, to um, take a swing at, at Whistler and misses. Uh, Righty is outside. He's going he's gonna to take a swing at uh, O'Brien and also misses. Jeez. All right. Top of the round. Whistler. All right. I got it. Come on. Let me do something right. A one! 
A one. Alright, uh, yeah, you slip on some of that ketchup that uh, Doc was spraying around earlier. And, uh, yeah, you just kind of fumble. You're down on one knee. You're asking Righty to marry you? He's really cute. <laughs> Jimmy, you now have a clear shot at Righty. Alright, I'm taking two. Okay. First one is a 10. That's a miss. Second one is a 17. That would be a hit. One point of damage. Oh, my God. Wow. All right. Uh, Hauser is going to take a shot at... Uh, I feel like Julian fighting a thug in the alley. At righty. And misses. He shoots a salt shaker. Salt goes everywhere. Uh, O'Brien is going to take a swing at lefty. They're just brawling out in the street. That would be simple assault. Uh, 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 uh. There's nothing simple about assault, son. He just, he grazes he grazes Lefty's chin. Um, okay, so when O'Brien tackled Lefty and and sent him out the window, Lefty dropped his uh, Tommy gun on the floor. Just telling you guys that because O'Brien got a natural twenty. All right, so. O'Brien, Doc, your turn again. All right. Um, is righty within swinging? To, if I were to take the butt of my rifle and could I crack him? If uh, I your no? your gun doesn't have a butt. Oh, oh, oh okay. The stock right. has been sawed off, so uh, it's just basically okay. a pistol grip, and then you have a foregrip. Yeah. I mean, I'll you could try to club him with a fucking with it. Yeah, I'm gonna try to pistol whip him with it. Um. Okay, uh, you're gonna have to. It's gonna have to be next round because you got to get out from behind the counter. Right. You know what I'll do instead? I'm just gonna reload. Okay. Yeah, that's safer. You drop the open the breach. Yep. Shells fly out. Throw a few more in. Drop a couple more in. And just yep. You're just like suddenly you're a badass and you just yeah. Like, <laughs> close, snap the breach closed with a flick of your wrist. Say groovy. I'm refilled and ready for action, screams Doc. <laughs> uh, all right, so Righty is going to try to, like, butt strike Whistler in the head and does not do it. <laughs> Lefty and Righty just ain't got nothing. Neither do I. <laughs> all right, speaking of which, we're back at the top of the round. Whistler. I don't know if you saw it, but my... Assistant brought me a replacement D20. We're going to see what happens. <laughs> I'm taking a swing at him. All right, go for it. The assistant this evening is played by Beck. Yeah. <laughs> I muted the, uh, the microphone that said, Beck, I need another D20. Uh, 17. That's a hit. Give me that D6. Kerthunk. Seven points. Wow, that's another big hit. That's a solid hit. Gonna put me on the floor. You're going into dice jail. All right, righty. You, I mean, you stagger him a little bit. He's just like, "Whoa, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck was that?" Hey, hey. <laughs> you're now fighting Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> no respect. I'm telling you. All right, uh, Jimmy. I'm gonna uh, dash out and grab that machine gun. All right, um, go ahead and give me a quickness save. I fail. 
All right. What is your quickness? Jesus, 17, huh? Effectively a 16. Damn. All right. Well, you get out there and you just barely get your hands on it. So you'll have to pull it to you. You'll get one shot next round. All right. Uh, I'll look that up so you don't have to. No, I got it right here. It's 1D10. All right. All right. Hauser. Yells over. He's like, good hit, Whistler. And plugs him one. Does five points of damage. He does. It's like Whistler knocks the shit out of him. Knocks him back just right into Hauser's line of fire. And he just squeezes the trigger. Boom. Catches him in the shoulder. Uh, O'Brien is still outside fighting with Lefty. He misses his swing. Uh, Doc. Is Righty still up? Righty is still up. He just got he just got popped by uh by Hauser, but uh Alright, I am reloaded. I'm gonna try to put him down. Go for it. Bam! Ooh, a seventeen on the die. Seven. Yep. Alright. That's a hit. Alright. Give me that D ten for the D10. shotgun. Kablam! Nine points. Holy shit. You take him square to the chest. In fact, you hit him hard enough that he he's blown out of melee range with Whistler. Mm. Whistler's going to have to move back up to get to him. Uh, Righty manages to level his gun. He's going to take a shot at Doc. Miss. And definitely a miss. Two shots into the counter. <laughs> Duck down underneath the Actually, counter. Actually, the second shot goes wide and hits the pie. <laughs> You son of a bitch! <laughs> you you stand there. You just turn around. You hit him good with a shotgun blast, and then he turns around. Bra bra, and then next thing you know, you got blueberry pie all over the side of your face. <laughs> uh, let's see. That was Doc, and then righty, lefty, fighting. Uh, oh, he hits O'Brien. Oh, O'Brien goes down. He comes around with the with the with a wide punch. You see the gleam of brass knuckles as well. Boom! And O'Brien just crumples. And we're back to the top of the round. Whistler. Same thing, oh, baby. Yep, at that time seven. Seven. All right. You woof. Miss. Jimmy. Do I have a shot at Lefty out the window? Uh. Yeah, you could take a shot. All he's right. got. He's gonna have uh, cover, like half cover. So uh, yeah, you're gonna be shooting pretty hard here. But go ahead. All right. Ah, nah, I rolled an Bing! Hit the window frame. Sparks fly. All right. Hauser is gonna turn face. He's gonna take a shot at Lefty, and hits Lefty. He catches him real hard in the chest. Okay. Uh, O'Brien's down. Doc. Is, uh, I'm going to take another shot at righty. I got him good last time. I'm going to follow up with another, my second slug if I can. All right. Go for it. All right. And, ooh, 19 on the die. All right. That's a hit. This one's hot. Let's see here. And six points this time. Righty goes down. He collapses. He collapses into a chair 
and then slumps across the table. Lefty's like, no! <laughs> and uh, his action is that he's trying to climb in through the window, so it's, he's not going to be able to act till next round. Uh, in the meantime, Jimmy. Not Jimmy, Whistler. Well, since my target's down, I'm going to go and pick up the Tommy gun off of him and <laughs> shoot his brother. Okay, you reach down, you grab the Tommy gun, wheel around at Lefty. Uh, no cover. You're that close. No. Six. Okay. Uh, roll again. Tommy gun gets two shots. Yeah, right. Twenty. That's automatically a hit. Go ahead. Nice. One D ten for it. Uh, no, sorry. One D eight on a Tommy gun. Eight. Eight. Well done. Okay. Lefty starts. He. Knock him back out of the window. And he's struggling to get back up. Jimmy. He's still up? He's still up. Oh, I'm going to shoot at him. Okay, go for it. No. And a 20, but not natural. That's still a hit. Three points of damage. Oh, uh, he's he's getting weak, man. He's getting weak. That That last salvo... He's kind of stumbling. You don't know what is keeping this guy hanging on. He is tough as nails. Uh, Hauser misses. O'Brien still down. Doc. Frantically reloading the uh, shotgun. Why? You only shot once. Oh, no. You shot twice. I I, I massacred another napkin dispenser. All right. So I'm I'm going to quickly uh, reload. All right. Doc is reloading. Uh, Lefty is unarmed. He's still trying to scrabble through the window. He is bleeding everywhere. I mean, it's just like he he's try, he tries to come up through it, but he cuts his hands on the glass. I mean, he is just kind of floundering. So back to the top of the round. Whistler. Blam, blam. All right, go for it. My, uh, 17. Okay, that's a hit. Let's just make this easy. Uh, the other one would have been a 14. Okay, that was a miss. Three points of damage. And Lefty falls back. You hear? You just hear his skull connect with the sidewalk as he falls dead. <sighs> Doc, what's up with O'Brien? I'll rush over to him, see if I can render medical assistance. Okay. Uh, yeah, O'Brien is he's out. He's unconscious on the sidewalk. Um, lefty hit him pretty hard. I mean, you see his see his cheek is starting to swell up. Yeah. From the I'm going to set out the Tommy gun and get my revolver. All right, you lean the Tommy gun up against the table. Pick up the pistol. Put the Tommy gun in my... <laughs> I don't think I would do that. Um, I flip open the... Brady's jacket and see if I see any ID that shows him as being any sort of federal agent. No. These guys. You guys know who it is. You you recognize them. There's the twins from the... Uh... Right. Yeah. Do they have any identification on them? No. Uh, you do find a pair of forty five revolvers. Matching. Uh, pearl. Mother of pearl handles. I would leave the guns and just do, instead tell these cops that we were never here and leave. You know what I was, I'm saying? 
we have got we've got two injured, right? We've got O'Brien is knocked out, and then we've got Alice. Yeah, Alice. Alice is behind the counter, going, "What is going on?" You have suffered a trauma. Uh, I'm going to uh, see if I can bandage her up as best I can. Essentially, try to bandage up the two uh, injured. Uh, she's been shot, so she needs more, probably more serious attention. And then I'll go back to uh, O'Brien and uh, see if I can uh, render what what aid I can. I'm actually, I, I will leave the SMG, but I'm going to take the 45s. Uh, both of them? Yeah. All right, you now have a matching set of 45 automatics. I, mean, I don't care about their stats. I want to run them by side and see who these fucks are. Okay. Uh, Hauser. I assume he's standing around looking confused or something. I don't know what he's doing. But... Hauser's breathing heavy. Okay, I'm going to go. Hauser, we're going to leave. And you came here looking for us, and we weren't here. He, he slides his pistol back into his shoulder holster. He looks at you. He's like, thanks for the assist, boys. Mm. Me and O'Brien couldn't have took those two guys on without you. Yeah, don't mention it. I mean that. Keep your nose clean. I'll tell you. I'll tell you this. I owe you one for helping us out. But that's it. That's all I got for you. Mm-hmm. I never saw you. That's not your one. Good. Get the fuck out of here, all three of you. Right. Uh, as Doc is taking care of Alice, I'm gonna lean down and, and just kind of tell her, "Flow safe. I'm taking care of her. We weren't here tonight." Uh huh. Uh huh. Okay. Okay. Excellent. I'm going to leave. <laughs> and wintertime in the city, a light snow begins to drift from the heavens, creating a haze around the streetlights as you three hobble into the darkened streets of the city. Fade to black. <laughs> Uh, thank you for listening to tonight's adventure and keep 30 luck points. Oh,